The Vikings have big decisions to make. They have big decisions to make on a macro level with the general manager, the coach, the quarterback, and much of the roster. They have big decisions to make on a micro level. Who do they play? Who do they play quarterback? How does the quarterback decision get played out? I thought, John, I thought uh, last week being in Green Bay, being in the post-game press conference room and hearing Zimmer talk about his quarterbacks the way he did. That was to me the most stunning thing of the whole day. I didn't, I wasn't surprised they got blown out by the Packers. I wasn't surprised Manuel wasn't very good, but the way Zimmer reacted to questions about Kellen Mond was uh, fascinating. Let's get into all that here on the Viking update show with John Krasinski. I'm Jim Suhan. John, of course, writes for the athletic. I write for the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our longtime producer. You can follow us on Twitter at talk North pod to see all of our shows and our live dates as they are released. Uh, you can, but the best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. You can also always go to talknorth.com and see the shows, the archives of the shows, the new shows we've added, all of our outdoor content, all of our sports content. Thank you for listening to talknorth.com. We do appreciate it. And thank you to our sponsors, Starbank and Tuttles. Uh, we'll tell you more about both of them later on. So let, let's get in. Let's get into what I thought was the most fascinating development of the weekend, which is Zimmer basically saying that Kellen Mond doesn't deserve to be on the field, even after watching how bad Sean Mannion was, and Sean Mannion was terrible. Yeah, I think, like, for me, you know, one thing that has been the hallmark jam of the Mike Zimmer era, and one thing that I think all of us as reporters appreciate about Mike Zimmer is that in these post-game press conferences, you really get unfiltered Mike Zimmer. He doesn't really have a whole lot of time to think about his messaging. He's he's still got the raw feelings from whether it was a win or a loss kind of sticking in his craw. And he really just kind of shoots from the hip. And for us, that's great to have that candor. We can, you know, maybe we can disagree on what he says, but we at least know that he is not beating around the bush. He's not trying to kind of you know, snow us in any in any way. This is exactly how he feels. And so in that respect, you know, if Mike Zimmer is coming down to the end of his tenure here with the Vikings to go out in a blaze of glory like he did in with the Kellen Mond comments in, in Green Bay is really fitting because that was Mike Zimmer at his essence. That was him just not caring what anybody else thinks and just saying exactly what was on his mind. The other part of this, I do think, Jim, that really struck me was, you know, it was a defiance, but I think it was also, I read into it, and I don't know about you, if you did as well, but I read into it as, hey, you all are blaming me for what's going on here, and I know I'm in the firing squad right now, and everyone wants me out of here, but the reason one of the reasons that we're in this mess is because the guy above me is not picking the right players and the, the guys that he does pick are not even close to ready to play in this league. And so I thought there was a nice little bit of finger pointing at, Hey, you want Kellamon to play? He's not good enough guys. And that's a Rick Spielman problem. That's not a Mike Zimmer problem. And so for those two elements to come together, it really did kind of just, underscore that we might be in the final days of the Mike Zimmer regime here. And that is exactly the right way to read it. 
That is what's going on here. And that's what we've been creeping toward all season. If you read Zimmer's quotes carefully, if you listen to the tone of voice, if you try to get between the lines of what he's trying has been trying to say frequently this year, it's been, hey, you know, you can blame me all you want, but I didn't pick the players. It has absolutely yep. been that. And this also gets to the heart of Spielman's problem. Spielman has had a lot of successes as a general manager. He has built good teams. He has made a lot of good choices, but he has not fixed the quarterback position. And even if you like Kirk Cousins and think he should be the quarterback, you cannot say that Cousins has delivered on the promise that was made when they got him or has played up to his salary level. You can say he's better than a lot of other quarterbacks in the league, and you can say that accurately, and you can support that with statistics. You can't say he has elevated the franchise or he has played to the level of commitment the Vikings have made to him, and that's even before we get into vaccinations and all those other things. This is Zimmer saying, hey, Look at the other guy too. And that, and frankly, what Zimmer's doing is the same thing that most of the people in our business who I respect are doing, which is saying, okay, we know Zimmer's probably gone, but how can you fire Zimmer and keep Spielman around? Yeah, I mean, I think like that's that's definitely the key is that, you know, with Cousins, when you look at it, you're right. I mean, he has been very productive. He is certainly a heck of a lot better than Sean Mannion, like than any other option that they had. Uh, to, to run out there. He has done a lot of good things in a Vikings uniform. But when you do pay him to the level that they are and to the level that they will have to next season, what what you do by going down that road is you say, this guy is so good that we are going to maybe have to take some shortcuts in other areas of the team to make this all doable. But he is good enough to make it worth that stretch. So if we have to skimp on the backup quarterback situation, if you have to be a little bit um, more bargain bin shopping from the offensive line or the tight ends or somewhere on defense, you say, well, you know, that's just, that's, that's okay because our quarterback is so good. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, those types of players that, um, they will make the rest of the team around them better. And so far, Kirk Cousins has not been that good. He's been good, has not been that good. And then you look at the way that they sort of cultivated the position behind Kirk Cousins, right? Because they they, they just made that an afterthought for um you know, for, for the position. And, and that to me is, is another huge, huge problem is, you know, it's okay to say that Kirk Cousins is our guy and we're not going to have, you know, someone in here who is necessarily challenging him on a day-to-day basis to be the starting quarterback, but it makes a lot of sense to draft or to add veteran players behind him that can be capable just in case you get a vaccination that's positive or excuse me, a a COVID test that's positive or he gets hurt, even though he's been incredibly durable, all of those things. And so they haven't done that. They've just basically willfully ignored it up until taking Kellen Mond this year. And it turns out that at least for right now, he's the kind of quarterback that needs a heck of a lot more seasoning, needs um, a lot more development before he's ready to go, if he is ever going to be ready to go. And so um, I just think that there was just an overall 
lack of development of that position in general, not just the starter, but what's behind him, that I think is a big uh, check mark against Rick Spielman. And then, I mean, I think that if Mike Zimmer wanted to continue to be very, very honest, he could kind of look up and down this roster right now and say, you know, where is the depth? Like, you know, a, a lot of the guys that they have put out there, there there's some high-end talent, absolutely, that has been either drafted or acquired by Rick Spielman that has been great. But behind them, not exactly um, a wealth of, of guys who are ready to fill in for injuries, for COVID, for others, and do very, very well with it. It looks like a pretty thin roster at this point, which, again, po- points more to the Spielman side of the equation than Mike Zimmer. And this is an indictment on Mond himself, too. Uh, sure. Yes. If, we get to, if you get to January in your rookie year, you've been practicing and observing and sitting in meetings and trying to soak in knowledge and working on your skills, and you can't beat out Sean Mannion, that is it. Now, listen, it's theoretically possible that Kellen Mond has a great offseason and next year he's ready to contribute or he's ready to play if called upon. It's theoretically possible. But if you get to January and you've been in the organization for like eight months, eight to ten months, and your team still has something to play for and they don't want to see you on the field, that is a bad sign. And the thing about Zimmer is, yes, he was ripping on Mond as a way of ripping on Zimmer, uh, on Spielman, but he was also – offering his version of the truth, which is he didn't want – it was a game that he wanted to win, and he didn't want Kellen Mond out there. Yeah, and, and I think, like, that's that's to me the key, Jim, is that when he makes remarks that pointed, it's not just that Kellen Mond isn't ready as a quarterback, that he's just – he's not at the point of his development where – um, they felt that he could come in and run an offense and do a good job that way. To me, I read that those comments as he has a Zimmer has a dissatisfaction with the way that Kellen Mond has gone about his business. Now, maybe this is totally unfair. Maybe Zimmer is completely off base with the way that he's characterizing it. But that to me, if Kellen Mond was in practice every day, in the film room every day, in the meeting rooms, just really busting his ass and doing the right things and 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 kind of putting the work in and 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 really kind of become try you know trying to be uh, uh, a quality member of the team and 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 do everything that he could. Uh, I, I think that Zimmer would would probably be a little bit softer on him and just be like, hey, look, that you know, the kid's working really hard. It's just that quarterback is a challenging position. He's got a lot to work on. Uh, he was raw when we drafted him. We just needs more time. Instead, this was a very much, I think, a a message, a shot across the bow from Zimmer to Kellen Mond, being like, hey, kid, like we have not seen enough from you in all of the intangible parts of the game you got to show us more and until you do that i'm not going to just give you an opportunity it's not going to fall in your lap you got to go earn it and i think that zimmer going this way says he has not done what he needs to do to earn that opportunity above and beyond where he's at from a skill standpoint from a talent standpoint 
I want to get into something I'm going to be writing about this weekend. I know what a thrill you get to preview my column. It's a, a mm-hmm. something that people just pay a lot of money to get the <laughs> opportunity to do. Uh, but it, it's an interesting topic. Let's get to it here. I do want to ask you, though, have you tried to call your bank lately? Do you bank locally? Star Bank is our bank at the Talk North Podcast Network. They're a family-owned local bank with branches across central and west central Minnesota. The Star Bank can get all the bells and whistles you would expect from a bank these days, but they have no 800 number, no call center, and no confusing phone queue. You can even request your bank or cell phone number. That's how they operate. Star Bank is a true Minnesota family-run business. Check them out at starbank.net. Star Bank is a member, FDIC, and equal housing lender. Also want to let you know that uh, the John Krasinski Show, which is John's basketball, Timberwolves, and NBA show, will be going live January 24th at Tuttle's Eat, Play, Bowl, and Hopkins. It'll be a 7 o'clock show. Pre-game with 10 Cup Whiskey is 6.15. Uh, it's a great sports bar that's attached to a great bowling alley, so there will be games on. They will have games on during and after our show as well. We'll do the show roughly 7 to 8. We'll give away prizes. There will be 10 Cup Whiskey uh, drink specials. Uh, there will be 10, 10 Cup Whiskey people there uh, running games and giveaways. We have given away Timberwolves tickets and a really cool Yeti uh mug uh the last couple of shows we've done there so we'll we'll try to come up with another giveaway it's a great time come out say hello and we'll have time time to chat afterwards and if you want to add, ask vikings questions we'll be happy to take those as well uh so i was thinking about it and listen i it's my position on this has been very clear since it became pretty obvious that this team was going to fail this year not make the playoffs i think it's time for zimmer to go I think it's time for a new coaching staff. I think if Zimmer goes, Spielman should go with them. And I think they should explore whether they get away from Cousins at this point, even though that's tougher to do because of his salary cap hit. I will also acknowledge that there is downside risk to all of those moves. And that's the interesting thing about this eight-day period for me is the Vikings, you know, it's their job to strive to get to where the Packers are now, where they're winning 13 games a year and they're slugging it out for championships and home field advantage in the playoffs. That's got to be the goal, and they've failed miserably in trying to reach that goal the last two years. Flip side is Zimmer does keep you at a certain level of competence. Spielman keeps you at a certain level of competence. Cousins keeps you at a certain level of competence. And while we all like to dream of them hiring the magic coach who takes them to a Super Bowl. The other possibility is you hire somebody like Joe Judge and yes. you end up being laughingstocks. So I do want to acknowledge that there is risk if you get rid of Zimmer and Spielman. You, your baseline might go from you know a, a worst-case scenario of seven victories a year to a worst-case scenario of, hey, you're two and, two and 15. Yeah, I mean, like the the easy parallel, right, is Glenn Mason in the University of Minnesota, right? I yeah. mean, like that was a, a a very good coach who had had one or two really high years and otherwise had been just solid, just really solid at a program that had not been solid for a, a long, long time. The Vikings have a much longer history of being very competent and very solid and competitive throughout their 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 franchise history but like you can always you know at, at the end of Glenn Mason's tenure I think he'd been here 10 years um there was a sense of ah it just feels kind of stale you know he's making bowl games he's doing things but he's not getting quite over the hump we can't get into big 10 championship contention we can't get into uh into like the rose bowl conversation things like that really you know high lofty goals that Mace just couldn't quite get to for a variety of reasons, you know, 
you know, administration, you know, facilities, all sorts of things, and probably some mistakes that Mason made as well. Um, but so they, the Gophers say, you know what? It's time to move on. It's time to have higher standards. It's time to take the next steps. And then they hired Tim Brewster, and it just went completely into the toilet. So um, the challenge would be if the Wolves do decide to either move on from Spielman and Zimmer together or just Zimmer and, and, and go forward, it's to say not only to make the decision that you are going to move on, that, you know, like Mike Zimmer has taken you as far as he can take you and you need a new fresh voice in the room, whatever kind of things you want to use to justify it. But then you got to go find the guy who is the one who's going to really elevate your team. And that's easier said than done. You know, ask the Bengals who went through it forever and ever, um, you know, and they had Marvin Lewis for a while and they were okay. And then, you know, just like, you know, it's back and forth. Ask Jacksonville, ask the Giants who the Giants, I mean, you want to talk about what the Wilfs have to be thinking about in the backs of their minds as New Jersey guys and Giants fans growing up. I mean, the Giants were a gold standard organization in the NFL for the way that they hired their leadership, the way they ran things, the way that they were always, always good. And man, what a dumpster fire that is right now, because like they just can't get the right person in, in the coaching spot. They probably don't have the right person in the front office either. So it's not easy always to go out and find the right person to do it. But um, the, the, the flip side of that is, you know, do you, is this enough for you? Like, is it enough to be just a good, solid franchise, you know, year in and year out, you know, you're never going to be an embarrassment with Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer running the show. It's never going to be three and 13 catastrophe, awful, um, you know, kind of football and, and, and unwatchable and those types of things. You're always going to be around seven, eight, nine wins. And then maybe every once in a while, you're going to flash up to 12 wins and have a chance. Uh, I think that with three, uh, three of the last four seasons missing the playoffs, my guess is it's just a guess that the urgency is a little bit higher for the Wolves and they want to go that way, but there are real risks in going that way. And they have to be ready to go find and, and, and get the people, the person or people that will be improvements on, on the current situation, which is not like taking over for urban Meyer in Jacksonville next year. No, that's exactly right. And I will say the upside of making a change, especially with the coach uh, general managers, I think are a little harder to evaluate uh, at least from the outside. The upside of making a change is if you bring somebody in here and he stinks, you can fire him again in two years and try again. I mean, you know, you, yeah. you, you can, the reality of the NFL is if, and when you land on the right coach quarterback combination, that duo can turn you around really quickly. It's not like the, it's, this is not like a twins rebuild where you go, okay, they're rebuilding. Okay. I'll talk to you next decade and maybe mm-hmm. they'll be good. And maybe they won't. An NFL team can turn around really quickly with the right people, a GM coach, and quarterback and you just got to keep trying until you find those people yeah absolutely and i look i you know i've never been someone um who says this guy should be fired or whatever i I, that's just not what i feel comfortable doing but i we can all say that you look at this team right now with where it is 
And it just does not feel right. And that sounds a little wishy-washy, but, um, you know, Zim can say, you know, that they've been in all of these games and he's true. It's true that he's, they've been in a bunch of games that you could argue that they should have won. There's probably several games that they should have lost as well in that regard, but it just feels like there's something missing right now in the team construct. You know, you have a bunch of players who are kind of, you know, off to themselves and doing their own thing. Like, you know, they're, they're not really kind of giving the entire team aspect uh, all the, the the top consideration with whether it's vaccinations or or several other things, it just seems very disjointed right now uh, around Viking Land. And when that happens, it's not necessarily that the the coach has completely lost the room or he's screwing up all the time or things like that. It could just be that these both of these guys have had a long run in their positions and when they just can't quite get over the hump, that really adds a lot of tension to the mix. And is that productive right now? It's right now it feels like a lot of that tension is weighing everyone down. And when you bring someone new in, there is a lightness to things. There is a a, a kind of a, a sigh of relief and a, and a reset that sometimes needs to happen. Obviously, the Bill Belichicks and the Mike Tomlins of the world don't need that that kind of a situation. Those are very, very rare cases. And those both of those guys have won championships to justify, you know, their long tenures. And so um, you know, it's just been a long, hard path of rolling the rock up the hill, and they have not quite been able to get to the top here here. And it just seems like this organization these players, um, the just the team in general is having a harder time get, building up the the fortitude to start pushing the rock up the hill again with these guys. Yeah, and I don't. I even if again you want to say that Cousins is a good passer, or a good NFL quarterback, or he's better than two thirds of the other starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Whatever your case for Cousins is, I, I don't think anybody would call him a leader. Uh, and and that's getting beyond even the vaccination issue, which I think yeah. is a clear clear sign that he didn't care as much about the team as he get, did about whatever his personal beliefs are. Uh, but you know, listen, arguing with Thielen on the sideline, uh, you know, Diggs wanting out, uh, the way Cousins talks, the way he projects himself, you know, his everything from his body language to the way he plays in big games. I just don't think he's a leader. And, and once again, it, you can. If you're going to pay somebody $33, $35 million a year, you kind of want that to be part of the package. Uh, let's let's shift to a, a slightly different topic. And this is a topic we're going to get into much more once the season is over. But let's just touch on it briefly today here. And that is the other problem with this roster is they have paid a lot of money for a lot of players who are not producing, uh, mm-hmm. mainly because they can't stay healthy. And that, in some cases, is just a function of age and being battered. Dalvin Cook is a an uh, excellent running back has trouble staying healthy. Uh, Adam Thielen, once again, is having trouble staying healthy. Janiel Hunter has not stayed healthy. He's young, but he's not stayed healthy. Eric Kendricks, who went healthy, is an exceptional player. I don't think he's been playing healthy all year, and he hasn't been making many plays. Uh, Anthony Barr has had his injury problems. You know, Harris Smith, to his credit, has been very durable. Uh, he missed a game because he wasn't vaccinated, but I just see it. I see an older team that really needs an infusion 
And the mindset of the current administration out there has been, hey, let's just ride with these guys. These are our guys. Yeah, it definitely has been. Let's um, push our salary cap issues down the road. Let's do, you know, let's let's kind of not really plan as much for the future because we're all in right now. Like the Kirk Cousins move several years ago was an all in move. And that's what you we kind of like you you forget how quickly players age in this league with how much of this game takes out of you physically. But remember, I mean, we're talking four years ago now that they brought Kirk Cousins in and that was a win now. We're going for the Super Bowl type of a move. And that team, let's think about kind of the mainstays on that roster. It was Daniil Hunter. It was Anthony Barr. It was Eric Kendricks. It was Dalvin Cook. It was Stefan Diggs is gone. Now it's Justin Jefferson. So that's been one kind of infusion of, of really young talent that can carry you forward. Adam Thielen w- was, a, was a major part of that. Harrison Smith, um, you know, a, a, a lot of the guys who were considered sort of the tentpole players way, you know, back when Cousins was brought in as a win now, all the chips are in the middle of the table move are still here. And they're getting older. They're having even a harder time staying healthy. They are probably a step or two slower than they were back then. So the Harrison Smith has still had his great moments on the field this year, but they're fewer and further between. Eric Kendricks is having a harder time staying on the field because, you know, your body takes a lot of punishment. And 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 the, every year that goes on is a year closer to your retirement and your breakdown. Anthony Barr is – he's not cooked. He's not washed up. But, man, he his body has been put through the ringer. And can you get what you need to out of him? It's just how now – whether it's Zimmer and Spielman who have this job going forward or another regime that comes in, there's going to be a real challenge to try to pivot on the fly with this roster because – you have this Kirk Cousins albatross from a financial standpoint that really limits your ability to make other moves around him. And then you have a lot of guys who are making a lot of money, but their production level is starting to slip and starting to wane understandably. And so it, it this could be a case where if the Wolves decide to embark on a brand new um, leadership search with a new GM, with a new coach, all this, there could be some people who come in and interview for this job and say, Hey, look guys, you may have to take some real big steps back in year one or year two to sort of dig out of this and re reestablish your, you know, yourselves and give you, give, give us a chance to really make that leap forward that you want to make. And that might mean you know, cutting some guys, swallowing hard and 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 eating some dead money that you need to taking some losses early on in the tenure, getting some good draft picks and then and then going forward. Um, it may be very it may be a lot harder if the Wolves say we want someone who's going to come in and just make a couple of tweaks and get us over the hump and into contention. That's going to be the really interesting part of where they go 
from this this winter into next spring into next summer in terms of the path to development. It's going to be a tricky one. It is. Uh, we're going to get into all those issues after the actual season ends. We're going to have tons of talk about all year round, which is the way it usually works in the NFL. For today, let's wrap up with a couple of just a couple of uh, NFL picks. Uh, talk North works with Better Edge. If you want to place sports bets, we recommend trying out Better Edge. Uh, tell them we sent you if you get a chance. Uh, the two games I want to pick this week are both NFC North end of the year classics. Uh, the Packers minus eleven at the Lions. <laughs> uh, it could be minus 25. Uh, give me the Packers, even though the Lions have played, you know, some feisty ball. Uh, I'm still taking the well, actually, are the Packers going to rest anyone? Do we know what's going on with them with that part of it? Like, we don't have a we are recording this on Wednesday morning. We don't yeah. have their practice report from today. Uh, the indications are that the star players want to play at least part of the game. So they're sharp and they're not, you know, going two weeks without playing before they have their first playoff game. Indications are they're going to play. We don't know how long they're going to play or if, you know or what? if they're going to play a full game. If we're going to see Jordan Love for, let's say, a half or something like that, maybe it will stay. Maybe the Lions can keep it within 10. So I'll take the Lions to cover there. I like the Lions on a backdoor cover here. They the, One thing we can say about the Lions, they do play hard. They play hard. And, they, it's, and so I could see the Lions backdoor covering this one very easily. I will also take the Lions. Bears at Vikings. Vikings giving three and a half points. I'm uh, like, this is... Uh, I, I don't even want – like I don't want to watch this game, let alone pick it. But um, I will take uh, – just give me the Bears um, just because I think that I, – I can't trust at all Sean Mannion or Kellen Mond or anybody to do anything offensively for this team. So um, assuming that Cousins is out, I would assume that they would sit Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Why – why throw them out there? Um, I think it could be ugly. The Bears, for whatever reason, think that they're kind of this tough team and and that they they want to mix it up. So I could see them actually trying and playing hard. And the Vikings just saying, "Ah, this is this season's is over. I'm not I'm not giving it." So I'm going to take the Bears in this one. Uh, agree with you for all of those reasons. Hey, check out talknorth.com for all of our sports content. Russo. Smalley, LaPanta, Lavelle Neal, John Krasinski, John Millay, Jeff Diamond, Bar Down Beauties, outdoor content, variety content. Uh, thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our sales executive, Karen Cleary, and our producer, Brandon Morton. And we'll be back next week to uh, survey the carnage. <laughs>